from AM and FM stations around the country. Welcome to the Small Business Administration award-winning School for Startups Radio, where we talk all things small business and entrepreneurship. Now, here is your host, the guy that believes anyone can be a successful entrepreneur because entrepreneurship is not about creativity, risk, or passion, Jim Beach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting edition of School for Startups Radio. It's uh, Monday, September the 11th. I hope you're having a fantastic early week off to a great start. I hope you got a little bit of relaxing done over the weekend. We have two fantastic entrepreneurial stories to share with you today. First up, Katrina Matias. She built two businesses because of personal necessity and really cool story. Imagine recruiting done by tender. Maybe you can start with that image. After that, Dominique Angerer is with us from Switzerland, Sweden, Switzerland, I think. He has built an amazing business that has got all of the biggest clients like Tesla and people like that using headless CMS or storybook telling or headless data web pages, something I know nothing about and I'm excited to learn about. And I think it's sort of like the day you hear about agile or something, a whole new world exposed. And if you don't know what headless means, my goodness, you need to listen to this interview and learn because if you don't, you're going to look stupid at a staff meeting. Uh, six months from now when everyone else is talking about it and you have no idea what they mean. And so anyway, check out the interview. You will learn greatly on the next show. We're going to talk about swag from one of the nation's largest swag suppliers. You know what I mean? The coffee cups and t-shirts and stuff, hats with your company logo on it. And we're going to learn all about how CalFarts that are ruining the atmosphere. Well, the problem with that is what they eat and where they eat it. And it's our fault. All that tomorrow. So great stuff coming up. Appreciate you being with us today. We're going to get started in just a second. Startups Radio hopes you will reach out to us if you have any questions or comments, or if you need help with your business at any stage, from concepts to exit. Jim accepts all connections on LinkedIn. He tweets from at Entrepreneur Jim, and he responds to emails at james.beach at att.net. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. We are back in again. Thank you so much for being with us. Very excited to introduce another Great story. You know, I love it when our side wins one and we have a corporate person who comes over to the entrepreneur world. And this is one of those. Please welcome Katarina Matias. She had a very successful career in the corporate hospitality space, working for big hotel companies like IHG. She gave it all up during COVID to become an entrepreneur and started a food snack box delivery company, kind of a subscription model, I think, but I don't think she got enough staff and had trouble finding staff. So she's, I need a recruiting tool. So in the true spirit of entrepreneurship, she built a recruiting tool and we're here to talk about all of the above. She was winning awards too, 30 under 30 in her industry and stuff like that. Katarina, welcome. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Excited to chat with you further. So what, what went wrong in corporate utopia land, unicorns and fairies? Yeah, you know, a lot can go wrong in corporate world. And, and ultimately what happened here is I had a very long transition out of corporate world. So my plan had been that I was going to transition out in 2020 prior to COVID happening. 
Uh, January is when I started the bike company, the snack distribution company. And then the world turned upside down and it really hit hospitality in a way that I had never seen before. And I'm sure it will probably take another hundred years to see it happen again. Uh, but it changed it for really forever. And my transition out of corporate started at that time. Now, of course, I couldn't leave then. Um, I owed it to my company. They were always so great to me to make sure that I helped them see themselves out of this COVID time. But it took a little longer than anyone expected for companies to come back from COVID. And um, it really just, it, it made me realize that as many people, life is short. Um, it's important to be pursuing passions. And as you said, I struggled finding staff for myself and also for the company I was working for. And here I was then coming up with an, an app, working with a company to help me put that out there. So unfortunately, I think the corporate world, sometimes there's a lot of struggles there. And um, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, you need to find a way to pursue that passion. So what your last hotel company, I don't know the brands that that's associated with. What? So, Yep. <laughs> we had Hilton, Marriott, IHG, Radisson, oh, okay. and also a Wyndham Hotel. So it was a franchise company I that owned it. and operated their hotels. So we had multiple hotels under one flagship. Right. I understand. Right. Okay. Because I, I remember that the deal that I made with your publicist was that I got life lifetime supply at those hotels for free. Right. Right. That I forgot. That's, that tr that's true. Understood. Yeah. 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 We'll have to, to work get on the that. Properties down so I could know where those are. So, Will you know, you which one list after we get off the air of all absolutely. Of the places that I'm right. free at now forever. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> all right. So how did you get the inspiration for the bite company? The, food delivery and what is it exactly what comes in a box how frequently give us the whole rundown and then tell us where the ideation came from absolutely so i'll tell you first a little bit what you get and i'll, I'll give you the ideology like you yep. said um the boxes are different sizes that we ultimately started first with um a one-week box a two-week box a month box a family box a box for your pet um, a box, you know, that was curated more towards business, et cetera, et cetera. Just recently, what we did was we turned those curated snack boxes where we were deciding what snacks were best for you based on your preferences from a survey you'd fill out to create an online market where you can go ahead and you can pick from our fan favorite tried and true over the last three and a half years of people consistently asking for these specific companies, these specific snacks, and that we found also as a company they were the best, the cream of the crop. So what happens is you then are choosing from that market what you would like to see. We still have some boxes on there from the OG setup where you can go ahead and choose a one-week or two-week box and also a business box. So if you're someone who is on the road and you not only need snacks, but you also need maybe extra pens, maybe you need some hand sanitizer, maybe you need some tissues, a face mask, certain things are going to help your travel experience better you can go ahead and get that. What's very popular right now is for someone who knows someone that's a business travel to send them a box like that to their hotel that they're staying at or Airbnb. And that way, when they arrive, they have a nice welcome package. So that's currently what, you know, what we're all about. That's what we have to offer. We're currently working on a mom box, which was very popular during COVID timeframe. So a new mom box or a mom to be, which will include some things that will really help um, either for those first time moms or those moms, um, whether it be their second, their third, their fourth child. When I was, you know, knee deep in my corporate lifestyle, um, I was on the road 24 seven, really. Now I wasn't traveling out of state. Primarily I was within New Jersey where, which is where I'm located. Um, there were times maybe where I was going into PA or even Connecticut, but for the most part, I was in New Jersey and I didn't have time or I didn't make the time to meal prep. And I was constantly stopping at a drive-thru. I was getting a venti Starbucks in the morning. I was getting a venti Starbucks at night. Um, I was stopping through McDonald's, these places where, you know, you know, they're great. Everybody loves it, but they're not going to necessarily be sustainable for your health. And started to take a very big toll on my health. And then I started looking into certain snacks. I'm much more of a snack kind of person throughout the day. And especially being on the road, it was easier to be grabbing and munching on something healthy. But the problem usually with healthy snacks is since they are on the healthier side, they're sometimes greasier, they fall apart easier. It's hard to find snacks that aren't going to make a mess. Um, so that really is what turned into research for about two years. So about 2018 until the beginning of 2020, 
I was trying out all kinds of different snacks, checking out grocery stores, checking online, reading up on companies' backstories, and then thought to myself, there has to be other people out there like myself that are either traveling on the road, they're traveling via plane, they're traveling via train, they're just moms and dads trying to get kids out the door, they're just everyday folk just trying to live their life and eat healthier. So that's where the company came to be with that thought process of helping others. Wow. Very interesting. I'm on the site now, thebitecompany.com, and the snacks, all, well, first of all, they all look really yummy. I guess I'm hungry now. It's toward the end of our day here <laughs> as we record. And so every single one of these I want because they all look first of all, yummy. I don't care. You know, I'm one of these consumers. I, it'd be interesting to see if I think I represent a huge chunk. I would love to eat healthy as long as it was still, you know, uh, entertaining and, uh, you know, tasty. And so if you have a chip that I can eat a whole bunch of like a Friday or a Sunday football chip that happens to be healthy, I'll eat it all day long. And you know, you know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. Aren't a lot of people like that? Absolutely. And our slogan is enough healthy in every bite. So we have this premise of saying we're healthier. We're not going to be the company that's telling you let's have some kale chips and that's going to be your best option because I love snacking and I love your standard snacks and companies out there that everyone knows about. But there is a red tall can that everybody loves to snack on, right? And it may not be the most healthy for you. There is a company called The Good Crisp that has taken the thought process of what that company was doing and they made them just a little bit healthier. If you were to put those two types of chips in front of you, you, I'm telling you, wouldn't know the difference. You would think you were eating the same chip in that typical red style can. And they do all the other flavors as well. So we try to find a lot of substitute-like companies that for either the reason being that they had family members that had severe health um, or allergies to certain things, the top eight allergens, most of our snacks are gluten-free, vegan, and really allergy-safe, allergy-friendly. Um, or then there were situations with cancer in the family, other things that caused them to really reevaluate what their family members were eating and come up and put something out into the world that was better. So we love really championing those companies, um, doing that and helping distribute those out into the world. So first of all, any food that comes in a red can or a can that also is made by the exact same factory that makes tennis ball cans. Is, is really just, that's disgusting. But I tell you what, I have a red can on my desk right this minute. And <laughs> I love those, you know? And let me ask you a really honest question too, totally off topic. As an admitted McDonald's drive through eater, has McDonald's just lost it in the last two or three years. They're just not good anymore. I haven't had a good McDonald's meal in years or am I, is it just Southern McDonald's or am I crazy or what are your thoughts? You know, maybe, maybe it is. I've, I've had McDonald's even out in Portugal. And I think, uh, I think that what's really happened is as maybe as I age also, you start to realize uh, that, Hey, maybe it was all kind of in some bit of the, um, the whole package deal. I think they're also changing their, their look a lot, uh, right? You know, it's, it's hard sometimes to be authentic, but also to continue with the times and, and change appropriately. And with things like Chipotle out there and Sweetgreen and all these other companies out there that are really trying to revitalize the fast food industry, um, I think they're trying to keep up with that, with doing different things that are really their bread and butter, even with changing the look of their stores, right? So people yeah. joke online, this tan, this brown, this look, it almost looks a little depressing and sad. And, and, you know, I think that's kind of following over into maybe some of their profit margins and maybe you and I feeling like, eh, you know, maybe there are other options out there. I would just appreciate if it was hot for once. You that, know, you know, I, yeah, you know it, if you look back and listen to the whole story of McDonald's, the two brothers that started it all, they had a really amazing thing going. Um, really, really amazing. And then salesperson coming in and really franchising and really changing their authenticity. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where someone was after the money and I think the brothers had an amazing thing going and that can happen sometimes entrepreneurship and in business in general. 
I saw that movie. I guess it was on Netflix with Michael Keaton about the birth. Yes, of McDonald's. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and that was a good a good representation of the story. Yeah, but yeah, he was yeah, trying yeah. to change it before he even bought them out. You know, absolutely, uh, absolutely, he, and that's he, very he, hard. Yeah, but that's a great movie for us entrepreneurs to watch. I love the entrepreneurial yep. series. Um, I, I I don't know if you're a dater or not, but recruit me sounds like a dating app turned toward hr somewhat yep we like to joke and say that it is a dating app for your career that's the best way to explain it as silly as that sounds do you swipe um, on it you're not swiping you're oh, scrolling so it's a little right it's a little more like instagram uh than anything else but it's a matchmaking service really at the end of the day it's explain a matchmaking it. service so here's what happens you as an employee someone who's looking for a job will create a profile very similar to an Instagram-like profile. You'll choose a picture. It doesn't need to be a picture of your face because at the end of the day, that's not what our main premise is. We're trying to you know, kill some of those standards in place, um, break those barriers. You fill out a profile. You answer nine questions. A profile is created for you, and you now are showing up on the right employee's homepages. So an employer looking for job seekers, they create a profile as well. On both of these profiles, you can have an elevator pitch, videos, photos, past work, you know, really showing here's what I can do for someone working with their hands, someone with has projects that they can show past work. It's fantastic um, having a portfolio right there. The, the employer making that profile is also filling out those same nine questions. They're worded differently, but ultimately that's how the algorithm is then working based on weighted questions, answers to questions. It is then matching the right individual with the right company. So on a job seekers profile on their homepage, they're going to have blog posts, tips and tricks, coaches we're working with that are filling out um, articles and different things for them to kind of keep their mindset appropriate during the job seeking process and also just in life in general. And on an employee, employers, I'm sorry, homepage, they're going to have tons and tons of people that fit their culture. Now, what the stigma we're really trying to shake up and change is sometimes when you're hiring an individual, you focus too much on exactly where they used to work and their experience. And companies forget that just because they did the same type of job somewhere else, that company's culture, that company's mindset, that company's decision-making process could be drastically different from your own. And you could be hiring a cancer into your organization or an individual that does not fit. You may then think you have a retention problem when in actuality you have a hiring problem. So these questions must be fairly magical and are they psychoanalytical type questions? Like, is it okay to steal the pen if they fire you? You know, I mean, what, what, are, <laughs> what are the questions? We don't go into ethical questions. Some of them are very mundane, like salary uh, restrictions or salary um, hopes requirements, yep. and requirements. Thank you. I couldn't find the right word there for me. And um, other things like when you'd like to work, scheduling wise. And then it goes into things like outlining what your culture, perfect culture is. And if you had to describe your career in one word, and you'd be surprised how easily that matches up the right type of individual with the right company. If a nurse is saying that they are interested in, you know, the, the, to describe their perfect career in one word is, you know, the fact that they have to have one, that it's necessary. That's the word they're picking, right? That may not be the right nurse for maybe a, an assisted living organization where you have to have a little bit also of added understanding that this is going to be incredibly difficult on you. It could not, maybe it's not the right fit for someone working with infants in a hospital, right? There's, it depends on the person, um, always based on obviously their personality and also what they're outlining. Someone saying necessary for their career, may be better suited for something that is mundane work, something that needs to get done, but isn't necessarily something you'd have a strong passion to do. This sounds like an expensive business to start. It was, it, it, it definitely is a startup that we are, are working very, very hard. We worked with a company called the app kit to get the app out into the world. Um, but it is just something that me and my team feel that it is incredibly important to help people find the right fit, especially post COVID. All right. Where'd that money come from? Is that your money and none of our business? Did you raise money? Uh, 
What happened? So far, so far, it has been my money. Um, while I was working my corporate role, I was very cognizant on putting money aside, investments myself, working with whether it be stock uh, investments, like I mentioned, and really allowing that to grow. So I had a little bit of an nest egg to be able to put in to make this happen. And right now, we've been in talks with trying to work on some with some investors so that we can continue to grow this business. Excellent. And how well is it doing marketing wise? What kind of penetration are you getting? And, uh, are you meeting your numbers, your projections? Yes and no. We've had a couple hiccups down the line. So the app officially launched in 2022, March of 2022. And what happened from there is we had a lot of feedback. We had a lot of trials and tribulations throughout the process. We actually took the app down for a period of time to really make sure we could put back out the best product we have. And it relaunched in its current version in April of this year. So with that, some of our marketing timeframe was a little stunted. Um, now we're primarily focusing on the marketing through Instagram because we are trying to get the word out there to more of the college students. So right now we're working with some college campus reps at some of the big 10 schools, some of the Ivy leagues to get the word out there more organically via word of mouth and through reps versus doing on too much online marketing. Aside from that, we've had some recent press releases. We're obviously doing some podcasts myself. Um, so we're, we're really focusing on organic marketing as much as we can right now, because it seems that this is the type of thing that is so new and so different that you really have to have that face time with people so that they understand who we are. Otherwise it gets a little lost in the sauce. You know, these 20 year olds are wackadoodle. <laughs> have you noticed this? Have you heard of this cultural difference? I think I think the big thing that's that's really why Recruit Me was created, not that's because where of Wackadoodle, but because that's they're where I right. Was going absolutely, with this. absolutely. I thought if I can't beat them, I got to join them. You know, yeah. I came out of college and into the workforce, and I, you know, was told bring a pen, do this, have your resume, do that, do this, like all these things. And I started thinking to myself, where did this get lost? And and you know, I don't think we can fault a generation coming out because. Even myself, I'm a millennial, I'm a millennial oh, I and I feel like there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of things out there that are said about us too, that, you know, aren't necessarily true, but as a generation, they're looking at the world so differently. And, um, they went through COVID. Most of them were either in high school or in college during COVID. And I think that really, really affected them as a generation. And with that being said, companies and the world, if we don't necessarily address things at least that they have options that they feel more comfortable with companies will fall behind companies won't be able to keep up. So this is where for me, when I was trying to hire during that time frame, specifically for the hotel sale, I had people coming in and ripped jeans. I had people basically saying they were just out grocery shopping and they're coming over to apply. I had people just, I was baffled at, and it wasn't just Gen Z's. It was, it was generations across the board. So that's where I really thought the mindset has really shifted to an easier way to recruit and in the palm of your hand and dating apps are so prevalent out there. Let's sort of put something out into the market that will allow them to feel more comfortable, but still hopefully match up the right people with the right organizations and just make the process easier. Well, you know, I don't doubt that, uh, the new generation will come up with a new way of doing it. And this very well could be it. It seems like what you're doing is instead of matching based on experience, you're trying to match on culture, culture and soft skills. So some hard skills, but mainly soft skills. And really the thing to keep in mind for any company that's listening or any job seeker is this is cutting down the stack of resumes on an HR professional's desk. This is not going to finish and complete your recruitment process. This is going to give you a candidate, a pool of candidates that are worth your time to start with. So it's weeding out certain individuals that you may spend time on that, in our opinion, our magic behind the scenes, our team working on this feel are not in your best interest. And this app is beneficial for even recruiters out there. It can either eliminate recruiters for a company or it can help a recruiter find the right candidates too. So this is really, again, cutting down that stack and giving you a pool of candidates that you can now complete the rest of your recruitment process just as you would in the past. But to really play into the Gen Z mentality, 
a company is going to be the one that hits, hey, I want to connect with this individual. At that point, they can only see a picture. They can see where they last worked and their location. They can't see a resume yet. They can't see their elevator pitch or their photos or their videos. It's really just taking and trusting the app that we've given you candidates that make sense. You hit connect. At that point, the individual is notified this, this employer is interested in them, and they have the ability to decline or accept that connection. So that's where the dating app aspect really comes into play, where they're saying, yeah, this company doesn't look like my cup of tea. No, thank you. Or, yep, this aligns with what I'm looking for good, great. I'd love to hear more from this company, what kind of opportunities they have to offer. So not so much a job post that you are applying to and more so, oh, okay, this company is a right fit for me. What kind of opportunities do they have to offer me? Yeah. I'm thinking about, I have two children in their twenties. Okay. And also you want to hear the funny part? Yeah, absolutely. Kids that aren't (laughs) even 10 yet. Okay. Think about that. I have kids I know. born in three different generations. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Three decades. Three decades dinner guess. time must be very interesting in your house. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, for both of them, they've done incredibly well in their job world and also in their HR uh, in their finding jobs, they've both been very good at finding jobs when they need to and have done very well. And they're both now at incredible world-class companies that I think they are both in a companies that are 100% cultural fits perfect for them. And I think that that's all that they really shopped based on and I know it's just a really interesting example to look at 20 kids in their twenties doing job searches and ending up in a place where they're almost stereotypical employees. Does that make any sense? That absolutely does make sense. And I think that's really where the mindset is coming into play now, because if you are looking for a job, you're going to always be looking for a job and you'd be looking for a career and you'd be looking for a company so you can have growth at that company and a company that's not only welcoming in employees, but they're also welcoming employees out. And what I mean by that is that they're understanding and okay for a company to, or an employee to leave their company. That's going to be the right culture. And right now people either coming into the workforce, just starting their career or knee deep in their career are very much all in the same mindset that it's the company that matters more than the role they hold within that company. Obviously the money needs to be there needs to be the right benefits, but that all plays into it being the right company for them. And my daughter has already made it very clear that she will stay there forever. And, and some people want to stay somewhere forever. Others want to go elsewhere. I was at my company for almost 10 years. So I understand that mentality. Well, free hotel rooms is hard to turn down. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There you go. In my twenties, I dated two decades ago, three decades ago, I dated a woman who was the, uh, I don't know what general manager GM of a very upscale IHG property. And, okay. uh, most of our dates were in whatever suite was left over for the night. And oh, gosh. I okay. really enjoyed dating her. <laughs> I can imagine some beautiful suites. I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, well, Katarina, you are doing a whole lot of stuff and have thrown yourself at this. It's going to be fascinating to see which one of the two businesses, uh, takes over. I predict that in two years, one will have quadrupled and the other will have been put to sleep. Perhaps. Yeah, definitely possible. And we'll have you back then to find out. That'd be great. (laughs) How do I order me some snacks and how do I play Twitter? Not Twitter. I can't even think of one (laughs) of the dating apps. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. You got got a lot out there. Twitter, Tinder. How can I play Tinder with my resume? (laughs) So for the bike company, you're going to go to www.thebikecompany.com. You can also find us on Instagram, see some of our snacks that we feature. You can go ahead and order boxes through there, order from our online market. Um, check out our Instagram page. We're on TikTok, of course, and Twitter, all over the place, Facebook as well. And then for Recruit Me, you can download the app in the App Store and the Google Play Store. It is called the Recruit Me app. Recruit Me app is what's listed. It is 
the green app that's out there. And there you'll make a profile. You'll watch a video that will give you some more information, a screen share. We're also on Instagram and our website is www.recruitme-app.com. You can see some of our press releases there, see more about information on why it is so beneficial to utilize the app. Um, and also find my page on TikTok that talks about Recruit Me and my professional Instagram page, which is Katarina C. Matias, to just follow along and see how these businesses continue to grow or get put to sleep, like you said. Fantastic. Great information. I really appreciate it. You know, I love the idea of ordering a big box of your snacks to be sent to, as you suggested, an Airbnb or a hotel for a week. You know, if, say you're going on vacation to Disney for a week and you need a whole bunch of snacks for the week um, to have them delivered so you don't have to deal with it, don't have to carry them, don't have to put them in the car or on the airplane. They just show up and are there. That's brilliant. So. Yep. People have done it and we promote it and we think it's a great idea as well. It's hassle free. You're not worrying about packing it. Um, and you're ultimately picking exactly what you want. It's a little bit healthier. So that way you can splurge a little more on dinners and whatever you're getting at the park or out and about, you won't feel as guilty because your snacks are a little bit healthier at least. And we will be right back. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a wonderful question, actually, Jim. Oh, my gosh. I love the opportunity to do this. Thank you, Jim. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's a great one. You know, that is a phenomenal question. That's a great question, and, and I don't have a great answer. That's a great question. Oh, that is such a loaded question. And that's actually a really good question. School for Startups Radio. We are back. And again, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm very excited to introduce my next guest. He is calling in from Austria. He is the founder and CEO of one of the most important new internet platforms out there. It is an amazing story. Please welcome Dominic Anger to the show. How did I do on the name? Thanks so much, Jim. Uh, really well, uh, like really, really well. It's a hard name. Yes, he is a Forbes 30 under 30 winner, and he is the CEO and founder of a company called Storyblock. It is changing the way that people are working on the web. They have raised tens of millions of dollars to fund their growth. They just closed around a $47 million. They have grown the company to 230 people across 40 four different countries, and they now have some 170,000 active accounts. Dominic, an amazing story. Welcome. How are you doing? Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good. Super excited to be here. So Storyblock is a content management platform, and I keep saying one word that I don't understand. It's headless. Explain what headless means. Of course. So, uh, Content management solution itself is some a platform to manage content, right? And usually you use those platforms to build websites, manage your content for mobile apps, or any screen that you want to actually like manage content on and push content to. And the headless idea comes from uh, that usually those content management solutions come with the display layer. So how the website looks, how the app will look, how the display on this device will look. And the headless idea is that we'll get rid of the visualization part of it, and we are left with just data. So we're cutting off the head uh, of the content management solution, uh, which leaves us with just the body, which is the data. Okay, I don't understand that. On a web page, so I built, I put up a a post, right? What is the head? Is that like the title? I don't understand. Still, I still don't understand what the head is. Yeah, let me, let me retry that. So uh, the headline has a certain size. Um, it has the color red, and uh, maybe there's a background image uh, with a certain color as well. And you might have uh, text in a certain font. This is all design. This is how it looks like. And this is the head. So everything uh, that defines the design of your website, the design of your app, that's called head in the web development space. And uh, everything that is be, like, beyond that is the body. So everything about the data, so the content in the headline, that's the data inside the body. And that is just a design of it. 
Okay, so if we were to relate this back to WordPress, does that make any sense? What are the distinctions 100%. between this and WordPress? So if you look at WordPress, you have different themes, and each of the themes basically deliver a different look and feel on your front end, on your head. Right. And um, for developers, they need to build it in a certain way to match with the WordPress ecosystem. And to get rid of that uh, technology from uh, back in the days with PHP, and you need to have your own service, maybe you need to, to provide a user like a provider uh, that hosts your WordPress instance, you need to update it. Uh, we got rid of that part. You only use Storyblock in the background uh, where you can manage your content, and then developers can decide exactly which technology they want to use to build certain uh, websites. They can define how it will look like, they can uh, build it with any technology they want, and they can reuse the content immediately on mobile devices and so on, because we only deliver data and no themes or anything like that. Okay, so what is the advantage then in terms of time and savings for a company that's putting out a lot of, a lot of content? Is this a 50% savings for them, 25%? What does it look like in terms of uh, getting more out yeah. of my staff? So we made sure to not uh, interfere with uh, anybody on, on that uh, calculation. So we actually asked uh, Forrester to determine that by us by asking our customers. And they came back with a 582% return of investment if you use Storyblock over other content management solutions. Wow. Literally 582%. Like we were so happy with that number and uh, like the results of our customers. Uh, we even purchased uh, a Nasdaq uh, at uh, and ask if a uh, billboard can make money uh, because the CMS certainly can do that. Very impressive. Thank you. All right. So as a small entrepreneur, is this something that I would use or do I need to be like Tesla, one of your customers for this product to make sense? Yeah. So we usually target uh, mid to market and uh, enterprise customers. Uh, we do have smaller plans. So if you're a developer and you know how to build websites, uh, you might be better off just using us um, because you can build it yourself, but you will definitely need a developer uh, to build out the design that you want because we don't ship a design, right? So that's the, the um, one premise that we have. If you have a developer, if you know a developer or you have an agency that works with you, uh, you can use Storyblock from the get-go. Uh, but usually companies start using us when they're becoming a brand. So um, when you have your e-commerce startup and you just start out, um, it might be off uh, really well with just using Shopify. Uh, but the moment uh, you want to expand towards more storytelling elements uh, with reusable components like Storyblock with reusable blocks, right? Um, then you could actually build something similar to like the Apple website with custom components, custom modules that you want to rearrange where Shopify might not be the right fit for you. So on top of Shopify that handles the e-commerce part, you can then use a proper content management solution like ours to extend on that offering for your customers. All right. But then I would still need hosting and I would still need design, right? You definitely need design. For the hosting part, we will take care of the content management solution hosting. So what is left is purely website hosting. And if you're using Shopify already, they have that included. So you can just hang Storyblock to your Shopify instance. Uh, and if you already have a website provider uh, like AWS, Azure, or something like that, uh, you can already use that right away. Yeah, I'm on AWS. I'm not sure I like them yet. I don't know. <laughs> I can also recommend Vercel and Netlify. They're really, really fast, and they get uh, you like a better configuration interface than on AWS console directly. Uh, exactly. Another, I don't want to go off on AWS. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably end up not having electricity tomorrow or something. Um, all right. Amazing. So is this for video, text, audio? What type of content works best in this? You say storytelling. Yeah. Does that mean text, long text? Yes, so we do have publishers, we do have corporates for corporate websites, uh, mobile devices with storytelling or editorial content, which is consists of a structured format of text uh, that also includes images, that can also include videos. Um, even though we have integration with like a Vimeo or YouTube or any other video platform, you can also upload it to Storyblock and we will also 
uh, use our own contability network for you so you can always have the best performance. And you don't need a digital asset management solution or any other tool if you just want to have uh, like a proper press area on your site, if you want to build out a corporate website or anything like that. You can use Storyblock for your text, for your images, for your documents, for every piece of content uh, or asset you want to upload uh, to the web and want to manage essentially. Right. And you refer to that more as data. Is the content handled a little differently than say WordPress does simply because the implication that there's so much more of it? Yeah. So with WordPress in, in the early days, you basically installed a WordPress instance on, on one of your servers with your own database directly attached uh, to that one WordPress instance. And then you installed plugins and uh, you already have like a theme installed for you. Uh, with Storyblock, we all have the database centralized with us. We will care, take care of the backups. We'll take care of all that uh, background tasks that you would need to do to do security updates and so on. Uh, we do that for you immediately. And since WordPress is tightly coupled to like the theme or the plugins that they have, where they now also have an API plugin, uh, and the database itself, you will always need to update all of that every time. And on the other side, if you have just data, as I mentioned, and just Data means an API, an application programming interface, uh, where developers can consume that data in a um, format built for uh, software developers, basically, uh, that then can be used to build websites and so on. They can only focus on their own implementation, like the design and implementation of the website or the app, uh, or whatever they want to power with that content. Okay. Very interesting. I'm going to have to learn more about this. I feel like I discovered agile or something two or three years ago when I first heard that. And I had to dig down and learn about this. I'm certainly going to have to study you this. Definitely jump, you should definitely jump on one of our webinars that is coming up in the next couple of weeks. I will do that. I will definitely do that. Let's change tactics and talk about the company a little bit differently. Now go back in time and tell us the entrepreneurial history. What were you doing? How did you get the idea for this? How did you build the company? How did you get started? Go back, what is it, since 2017, I think? Tell us the history. Yeah, even before that, even before that, Jim. So uh, it was actually 2015 when we started uh, looking into solutions uh, for an agency here in Austria. So in Austria, it's quite common to use a digital agency or um, in, in the US, there are many marketing agencies that provide development services as well. And we were part of such an agency. So Alexander, my co-founder and I, um, we were looking into the content management solutions back in the days because the enterprise content management solution that we were using, uh, they basically uh, went bankrupt. Um, so they completely discontinued the solution that we were using for all of our enterprise clients. And we had to find something new really, really, really quickly uh, because otherwise it will be shut off and we need to find something um, basically completely from scratch and new before uh, before it basically runs out. So uh, we looked into WordPress, we looked into Drupal, we looked into um, uh, Type of Free and Joomla on the open source side. From Drupal, we then found Equia, then Adobe and Sitecore. Um, with that, we then realized, okay, it's okay for us as developer and it was kind of okay for marketers, uh, but we asked our customers, what do you actually want? And they told us, hey, we would love to have something like Wix or Squarespace, you know, like a page builder. And when we told them, yeah, but you know, like it's not that nice to build something on that, like custom, like a custom solution for a larger marketing team overseeing like 52 languages uh, with more than 500,000 pages. Like you use, use something like more robust that you can actually run backups, right? So that was in 2015. And we then started out building a prototype just for the agency for the interim time to find like a new solution. And from this like small tool that we started out in 2015, um, we extended in 2016 a little bit more. We added more features, uh, added uh, a proper image optimization service as well. So you have always the best possible images. And only in 2017, we realized that we transitioned all of our clients from that agency into this uh, tool that was all around storytelling with reusable content components, blocks as we called it. Uh, so Storybook was born at the time, and we then launched it in 2017, uh, as you mentioned, and uh, we found that a new company completely spin out of that agency. And um, about one month after we established the company and launched Storyblock.com, 
we we realized we made one mistake, like a big one. Uh, and once we launched, we still hit uh, 1,000 views on the platform and hit profitability uh, at that point in time. Well, so was that was the original story. I missed that. <laughs> so. Yeah, so Storyblock is written without a C. So uh, it was not a mistake uh, to, to from our side on the typo side, but uh, we realized that Storyblock with CK at the end uh, is already um, yeah, gone. So Storyblock um, with CK at the end dot com was already um, out. Basically, it was already sold as a domain. And we decided, yeah, okay, let, let's just go without the C. It's fine. So Storyblock is written without the C in the block. Uh, and uh, it's really hard to explain Google that it's not a typo. And uh, it took us about three months to actually make sure that uh, people understand that it's not a typo, that Google understands not the typo. And even today, we are spending money to correct the typo, basically, uh, because we still run an ad uh, on Storyblock with CK. So I highly recommend not doing that uh, if you're not Tumblr or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to teach people how to spell differently. So, 100%. 100%. Yes. Well, you, you should just tell us that it's in Austrian or in German or something like that, and then make fun of us for not yeah, being smart sadly. enough to know that. <laughs> yeah, sadly, that's not even true. I feel literally just thought like, hey, let's leave it out. It's fine. Uh, the domain is way, way cheaper. It's it's all right. <laughs> yeah. But it worked out. It worked out. And now it's a different shade to some extent, which is quite nice. Yes. And now it's trademark easy and all of that. So there's huge Correct. benefits towards it now and then how long were you running the business before you realized you needed to go raise some money and what was the money for yeah so um we bootstrapped until the end of 2019 so we grew from uh, 1000 users after one month in september 2017 to about 3000 by end of 2017 2018 10,000 and uh, end of 2019 we were at about uh, 25,000 users on the platform that uh, only the two of us, Alexander and myself, are managing. Um, we were close to a million in ER at the time, um, with basically no server costs because um, we are an AWS advanced uh, partner. Uh, should not have said that before. Uh, but um, it, it's, it's, it's quite interesting that we bootstrapped for such a long time and only when we realized, okay, hey, we, we are not just onto something, like people really enjoy using it. We should expand on that. and we have like the chance to become like the one solution that everybody in the content management solution has been searching for. Because when we talked with the customers that registered on our site, uh, that came completely organically from Google directly through search, where they searched on like the problems that we had and we, we wrote articles about them, right? So people found Storyblock on, 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 on Google and just jumped on, tried it and liked it and subscribed on, uh, with a credit card on, on, on Stripe. And uh, that we did until 2019. And then we realized that opportunity that lies before us. Uh, we partnered with uh, two amazing VCs, um, first minute uh, capital from London and a free VC from Austria. And we raised the first round, which was two and a half million at uh, December 2019. Uh, that was the first time where we said, okay, we can expand. We want to expand really fast. So let's get money uh, on the bank account so we actually can hire people for a long time. Uh, if we want to, even though we're profitable at the time with the million in the RR, um, but decided to raise to be fast if we see more opportunity. And turns out we saw a lot of opportunity. So we raised another eight and a half million uh, close to a year later uh, from Mubarala. And another, um, about a year later after that, we raised the 47 million uh, from H3 Capital, a German-based uh, growth fund. And that uh, totaled up to a 58 million um, total investment sum until today. And by now, as you mentioned, 235 people, um, mid eight figures in the RR, free X, um, basically every year since uh, we, our, our beginning. And uh, yeah, it's quite a right. And because you bootstrapped and were so, uh, you were profitable and you were had incredible growth, you had everything. Were you able to maintain a more than normal percent amount of equity or did you have to give up? 300% equity and a couple of children. So luckily we have really nice investors. So I don't plan on kids uh, so they can have them, but no, uh, I'm joking. No, no, we, we actually had a really, really amazing uh, couple of rounds. Alex and I, we still hold um, like our main shareholders in the company for sure. Uh, we are, might be planning another round coming up 
so definitely something to, to look out for. Uh, and we definitely have enough capital uh, plus um, uh, equity left that it's, it's not getting uh, yeah, distracted or, or anything like that. And where do most of those 250 employees go? It, it seems because you just the two of you were running it when it had, I don't remember what you said, 20,000 accounts or something. You, yeah. you've, the, the employees have grown a thousand times faster than the number of accounts. So what are all the people so, for? What do they do? Yeah. So we realized really early on that two people is not a sustainable business. Uh, you know, if a bus is faster than you, uh, you should definitely hire more people to resolve that bus problem. Uh, and we realized that really early on. So we hired um, a couple of more developers, uh, which are still with us uh, today. Um, we hired our first support uh, team members as well. We hired operations really early on, so everything on taxes uh, and operations and hiring people. Uh, and we were able to scale um, also our enterprise business because until that day when we were just the two people, everything was self-service. So we did not have any direct phone kind of interactions with customers. Uh, all we did was being in a live chat and waiting for them to subscribe on a credit card basis. And on the enterprise side, that doesn't work. So you're talking about five, six, seven figure deals a year. Uh, this is the time when you actually have a sales team, an enterprise sales team. And we took um, some lessons from Salesforce on a two-stage sales approach with SDRs doing the inbound work. Uh, if somebody contacts us, uh, PDRs for the outside um, work that we have been doing, proper account executives globally distributed that help uh, our customers are through the finishing line of the contract and then later on customer success managers. And of course, we also needed uh, marketing people. And uh, since cultures globally are different and we are operating on a global scale, uh, we needed people on the ground. So field managers and field marketing managers uh, that know what they were doing. So we hired them as well. Um, shortly after that, we realized, hey, we need support in different other countries as well. So we did that. Uh, and, um, you know, if you are a content management solution, you also work a lot with agencies and partners as we were in the beginning, right? So we uh, installed like this partner uh, program and realized, hey, we also need partner uh, success managers. We need partner growth managers. So we hired more people to support the processes of our customers and partners. And uh, through that, we were able to scale globally uh, to like this amazing team, which consists of those different departments, partner sales, marketing, operations, finance, compliance. We are one of the few ISO 27001 certified content management solutions uh, out of like fully certified. And um, yeah, that's, that's where the money has gone so far. We are having an amazing run rate left. Uh, so there's nothing uh, elsewhere we want to go other than forward. Amazing story. Dominic, congratulations. You've done a, a great job, man. Thank you for being with us today to share it. How can we find out more, sign up, learn more about Headless CMS? So there are two great sources. One is the Mach Alliance. Um, just Google it, M-A-C-H uh, Alliance, and then you're there. And the second is storyblock.com without the C in the block. <laughs> and you will be created with amazing reports, uh, with amazing... Um, actually, you will be uh, created by Gartner um, a report uh, with the uh, customer satisfaction leader uh, being with you right away. Fantastic. Congratulations. Will you, you so much, when you Jim. go public, can I come to New York when you go public? I don't want to be like on the stage with you when you ring the bell. I just want to be there to watch. Is that okay? 100%. I would love to have you there. Awesome. I will report from there live. Dominic, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Jim. And we're out of time, but you know what? We're back tomorrow. Be safe, everyone. Take care. Go make a million dollars. Bye now. <laughs>